There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning into the podcast. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh. This is our Friday edition of the podcast, the end of the week. We certainly are thankful for the Word of God, thankful for the opportunity to preach And I wanted to make an announcement beginning Sunday, just in two days. We're going to be at the Second Chance Bible Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And Brother Hockenberry will be having us in. I believe this is the 10th of 11 years we've been with them. One year was at camp. uh, And then one year they were moving to church. They had to move out of the church in Middletown. And they sold that property and had to finish remodeling the church in Harrisburg. So we missed that year. But 10 out of 11 years, we've been with the folks there at the Second Chance Bible Church. And we certainly look forward to this year. And we thank the Lord for giving us that opportunity, giving us the meeting. And we look forward to the preaching of the Word of God. If you're anywhere near Harrisburg, south, north, east, or west of the river, because to really they got to cross the river to get there pretty much. Uh, we certainly look forward to hopefully having you in the services. Also then, the following Saturday, at the close of that meeting, the 16th of September at 1.30 here at our home. If you need the address, you can contact us, get the address. But we'll be having a Bible study, Back Porch Bible Study. We usually have prayer. And Stephen Asquith from New York is going to preach. Stephen's been a guest on this podcast, heard his testimony, how God had saved him. And uh, the summer of last year, God has called him to preach. And he's doing a fine job preaching. We thank the Lord for that. And so if you're able to attend that, just let us know. Give us a heads up you're coming. It's not about food. It's not about fellowship. It's about the preaching of the Word of God. And so we don't hand out food and we don't hand out fellowship, but we hand out the Word of God. That's what Bible study is about. And everybody else has brownies and candy. And I told my wife when we started this over three years ago, I said, we're not going to have brownies and we're not going to have potato chips. If somebody needs a drink of water, we'll be glad to give them a cool cup of water in the name of Jesus Christ. They can go in and use the restroom. But we're not here for all of those things. We are here to study the Word of God. And a lot of churches need to learn from that. Uh, They're so concerned about all these other things except for the Word of God. And I'm all for meal fellowships. I'm all for food. I'm all for all the, the fellowship that God can give us. And that fellowship ought to never replace the preaching of the Word of God. Matthew chapter 5, we're back there again in verse 33. And I mentioned yesterday in the podcast about putting a woman away for the cause of fornication. Now, only she can be found out. We know that according to Scripture. That man can get away with a scot-free to the day he dies, but that man's going to be in trouble with God for being a fornicator. That woman is found out. She can't hide it. A lot of women today can't hide it because of babies. Not only that, but because, of course, she has the marks of her virginity. And so we know, according to the word of God, that woman is found out, but the man hides. The man can bury himself. But what God can do, ladies, is make you pure. What God can do, men, is make you pure. Uh, those addicted to pornography, God can make you pure. God can clean up your mind. God can clean up your life. Those of you that have been caught up in fornication, God can change you. God can make you pure again. Bless his holy name. 
That's a wonderful working of Almighty God that he can do that. In verse 33, again, ye have heard that it has been said by them of old time, thou shalt not forswear thyself, but thou shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. But I say unto you, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black. But let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. Problem we have today. Folks just can't say what they mean. They just can't spit out the words. They can't commit. They don't want to say, I will. And they don't want to say yes. And therefore, they can't say yea, yea, nay. He said your communications be yea, yea, nay, nay. Yes, I will. No, I won't. It needs to be clear. Not I'm going to swear. I swear by this or the non-committal. And we have such a non-committal uh, society today. They can't commit to anything. Can't commit to relationships. Can't commit to church. Can't commit to people. Therefore, we have a non-committal society. That's the norm today. It seems like that's the standard practice for people today. Non-committal. Non-committal. Non they can't commit to anything. Why? They don't believe the word of God. They can't say yay, yay, nay, nay. There's a lot of folks today that are swearing by heaven, they're swearing by God's name, they're swearing by their own head, I swear on my mother's life, I swear on my grandpa's grave, what a foolish swearing that is. He said, you're not going to swear by those things, you're not going to be a child of God and swear by those things. You know what you swear by? The truth. That's what you swear by. And should you say, I swear by the truth? No, nay, nay, yay, yay. Yes, let it be so. No, it's not going to be so. It's that simple. That's your conversation. That's the words that you're to speak. Not this bunch of foolish ramblings today where people swear on everything and they don't commit and they lie. Oh, we'll be a church preacher. Oh, oh, I swear we'll be there. You liar. You swear on your own head, swear on your own grave, swear on a stack of Bibles as though one Bible wasn't enough. I guess if you have different versions, you might want to swear on a stack of them. Maybe if there's enough compound that it'll give you some kind of lucky charm for you. He goes on and he says that you have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that you resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Now we live in a day again when eye and eye, tooth for a tooth has become doctrinal again today. But Jesus Christ preaches a doctrine of turning the other cheek. That's the, cry. That's the doctrine that Christ has always preached since he started his earthly ministry. You don't sit there and let somebody abuse you, but he's talking about in those things of God, those things that matter, those spiritual things that bring it. You're just going to turn the other cheek. You don't grab an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, wound for wound, burning for burning. That's not the day in which we live. We live in a day of turn the other cheek. That's why when somebody uh, is wounded, somebody is hurt by someone personally, we can forgive. Why can we forgive? We turn the other cheek. How do we do that? Forgiveness. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. We have a person in communication with us uh, frequently and asked about bitterness. How do I get rid of bitterness? And I've simply said, forgive. That's how you get rid of bitterness. How do I forgive? Learn that Christ has forgiven you. And I guess really, and young lady, if you're listening, let me say to you, and any others is listening, if you can't forgive, it's because you don't realize that you also can be forgiven. But a lot of times, I don't think we think we've done wrong. We think we've not hurt people, yet our lives are a path of destruction. You look behind most people, it's like a tornado behind them. Wounded people, hurt people, fornication and idolatries and lust and drugs and booze and whoremongering and godlessness and swearing and violence and 
horrible words, and yet they don't think there's anything wrong with that. Look at the trail of destruction that your life. It's how God saved me, by the way. He showed me a trail of destruction the day I got saved. I thought I was really genuinely a good person, and I was a horrible person. I was a nightmare of a person. But I really thought deep down inside, I was a pretty good person. I knew I was mean and said awful things to people and even violence and hurt people. But I still thought I was a pretty good person. And then God showed me that trail of destruction. I called my life and I realized how awful that trail was, how vile that trail was, how reprehensible that trail of destruction behind me was. It was my downfall. It was going to destroy me. I couldn't turn the other cheek. I was vindictive and malicious. I had malice towards men. But can I say this also? I didn't let the Lord take my vengeance. I would take that, but I was a malicious little punk. I would do it secretly. I would never confront somebody with my malice. I'd always do it in secret. That's such a vile thing, such a horrible thing. That's just what I was. I'm not speaking of indiscreet acts. I'm not speaking about things that uh, personal things, but overall, there was just maliciousness in my heart, and therefore, I couldn't let God recompense me. And therefore, there's bitterness. Why? Because we can't let God do this for us. He goes on and says, if any man will sue thee at the law, he said, take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Jesus Christ has given us Christian instruction. He's given us godly instruction. Why? Because these are the things that he is going to do. They smite him on the cheek, and he doesn't say a word. They smite us on the cheek, and we're ready to fight. They pull the hair from off our face. We're screaming, yelling, hollering, pulling the gun out. They pull the hair from off his face. He opened out his mouth as the lamb before her shears was dumb. That's Jesus Christ. That's the example he gave us. That's the instruction he gave us. He says, give to him that asketh thee, and from him uh, that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. That's another issue, and that's something I'll just address this issue. because It's pretty common today. You see people on the street, street corners, especially further down south you go where it's warmer. I've said many times, and I don't think I'd be homeless in the north. Or I might migrate. There's enough train lines that run north-south. I think I'd get a backpack full of food somewhere and head to Miami, Florida for the winter. And then I might go ahead and load back up and head back up north in the summer. But I certainly wouldn't stay up north in the winter. But you see folks on the street, and I've seen folks in Baltimore, 12 degrees with no shoes on their feet, high on crack cocaine. How could you not have compassion on them? How could you not have a love for those people? How could you not care about those people? It's just like the family on the street corner. They use their children. Sure, they use them. One of the things we've learned, we carry bottles of water in our van frequently. And I've told my wife many times, give them some water. Uh, give them bottles of water. Backfired on me one time. The guy turned around, opened the bottle of water and, and gave it to his dog. And that was kind of troubling to me, but I still would have given it to him. I don't normally buy people cigarettes, trying to buy the Mad Dog 2020 or anything. But yet, we're in a day where we're compassionless. We don't see the needs of people. We are religion walking on the other side of the street. What's five bucks? I mean, to most believers today, what is five dollars? Is it an offense? Is it a front? So what if they go buy cigarettes? Is that five dollars? Is that really going to come out of your pocket? Are you really going to suffer if you give it in the name of Jesus Christ? Is there not a reward for that? If they go buy a little piece of crack cocaine for five bucks or you're going to lose your reward? No, you're not. Use some wisdom. Be godly. Be holy. Be right. I said on this podcast, I came along with men when I started out in evangelism would buy people their groceries. I see a mother frantic, and I saw that firsthand. They're at the belt at Piggly Wiggly. 
And uh, she's up there putting a grocery in the belt. The children are screaming and yelling. The baby's got slop all over him. And the mother's just beside herself. And that old preacher in front of me just says, stepped up there, handed the lady a wad of cash, and said, I'm paying for her groceries. And the lady didn't even thank him. Just put the kid in the cart, grabbed the bags, put them in the cart, stormed out of the store. It didn't phase that man one bit to lay down $47 for her. And I learned from those men. I learned from people like that. But I've also learned from the others, too, those that turn the eye, those that turn the cheek, those that will not look at those people, those that will not have compassion. They say, well, they're on drugs. Won't you help them get off drugs? They say, well, they're hungry for a reason. They get a job, they wouldn't be hungry. No, they can't get a job because they're on drugs. Remember, I said help get off drugs. We have no compassion today. We're in a compassionless society. And if you have a compassionless church, you have a dead church. If you have a church not even willing to help those people, you have a church that's not going to go anywhere with God. I don't mean be a fool. I don't mean squander what God has given you. I don't mean be foolish with your, what's $5? What's a a Big Mac? What's a Happy Meal? Take $5.69 plus tax, go buy somebody a Big Mac. Why can't we do that? Because we really don't care. Jesus Christ said to take that. They, they They want your coat, give them your cloak also. That's the example he told us. He said, him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. You've heard that it has been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them to despitefully use you and persecute you. And he didn't say in the church either. But sadly, that's where a lot of the persecution comes from, is within. Sadly, that's where a lot of hatred today comes. It comes from religious lost people that are wicked and godless, but it doesn't give you any excuse to live ungodly yourself. Just because nobody else is helping people doesn't mean you can't help people. Just because nobody else cares about the indigent around us and cares about the insolent around us and cares about those starving around us and those on drugs, because nobody else cares does not excuse you from your obligation. That's why he's preaching these precepts to them in Matthew chapter 5. He's trying to show them this is the ministry. This is the rest of your life, Peter. This is the rest of your life, John. This is the rest of your life, James. This is what you're going to do the rest of your life. You're going to have compassion on men. They're sheep without a shepherd. And you're going to love these people. And you're going to go out there and love your neighbor and do good to all men. And if men hate you, you're going to do good to them too. The man that curses you, you're going to go help him. He said, pray for them, which despitefully use you and persecute you that ye may be the children of your father. He caveats that pretty sternly, which is in heaven, for he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good, and he sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. And then here's the winding up of this principle. For if you love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? It's easy to love people that love me. It's easy to love people that care about me. It's easy to do good to those that do good to me, but it's a whole lot harder for me to do good to those that don't do good. It's a whole lot harder for me to be kind to those that have never done anything for me. Yet that's the principle of the Word of God. I don't want to tell stories because there's a lot of failures in those stories as well, but there are times that God is so impressed upon me. And I've been shamed, I've been cursed, I've been reproached for trying to do what's right. He said to pray for them. He said, pray for them to spitefully use you. And if you salute your brethren only, there it is in church, that's most churches today, you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. So he equates all this to perfection. Doing what's right. When do you do what's right? Always. How do you do what's right? According to the principles of the Word of God. 
When is it right to do right? It's always good to do right. It's always good to give. It's always good to lend unto the poor. And I'm telling you, in a time of trouble, a time when starvation's in this world, a time when perilous times are upon us, you're always best off to do good. I have a preacher friend of mine, he said for years, and I've agreed with it 100%. When it comes down to it, I'd rather not be a food hoarder. I'd rather be a food giver because God will bless the giver more than the hoarder. And therefore, we have a day of hoarding. We have a day when men buy the freeze-dried meals and they stock their basements and stock their pails. The best thing you can do is give. Because given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall man give in to your bosom. Can I paraphrase and say in this? You have a tomato, and a man needs a tomato, give him the whole bucket of tomatoes. That's the coat and the cloak theory. You see, your brother have need, how shut us up thou, your bowels of compassion. How can you shut up your bowels of compassion? And that's your brother. How about the wicked of this world? When you see them have need, can you shut up your bowels of compassion? If you can, you need to seriously think these things through. Take the word of God if you're going to refute me. And you may refute me in your heart, but maybe not with a phone call or with a text, because that's what most people do. But take the word of God and prove these things wrong. People say, well, go buy a sword. And I go, well, do good to all men, then go buy a sword. Do good to those that hurt you, then go buy a sword. Turn the other cheek, then go buy a sword. It's not wrong to defend yourself, but it's wrong to be the aggressor. It's wrong to not do right to all men. And let me just go ahead and say this in closing. Be ashamed for somebody to listen to this podcast and not do right because of the color of someone's skin. Be ashamed for somebody to listen to this podcast and not do what's right because of the color of someone's hair. It'd be a shame for somebody listening to this podcast to not do right because of the differences we see in their skin and their tattoos and their piercings and their dress and their attire because we can't see past that because we really are the Pharisees we spoke of two days ago on this podcast. It'd be a real shame. Let's just do good to old men. Do, do good to somebody outside the sphere of your life this weekend and see if God doesn't honor that. Have a great weekend. Have a great Lord's Day. Pray for us as we start the meeting in Harrisburg. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelists.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption for all night. Now the angels of God are rejoicing For the prodigal child has come home And the saints all with gladness
stars sing.